What's going on, quitters? It's another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You know me. I'm your host, comedian Maxim Allen. Today is March 5th, 2022. It's another freezing day in Brooklyn, uh, and it will hopefully warm up soon. Uh, guys, today I am joined by a very special guest. She's a hilarious comedian, uh, TikToker, mom. Give it up right now for Patricia Dinglassen. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I was really excited to have you. You're like, you're someone that like, I feel like when I actually bump into you and see you perform, I'm like, yes, because you Aww. live so far. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to have you on also because you're in a unique situation where you're, you're one of the few comedians who has kids. Yeah, is... yeah. It's, uh, well, so I, I, I have kids. I didn't start comedy until after I had my second son. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's, I was just like, um, you know, I had already been married. I was mm. working and I had two kids and like I should have been like by society standards, like mm. I should have been satisfied with my life and mm. and I wasn't. I was <laughs> it's like I need something for me. <laughs> You're like, I need to go vent about my family life on stage. Yeah, yeah. That, that too. And also just like I remember I was like, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm going to go to like yoga and mm -hmm. that's just going to be my life. And it was just, it was cool for like a few months. And then afterwards, you're just like, oh, like I need, I need to like <laughs> challenge my brain. Otherwise, it's just going to like atrophy into right. whatever the, I don't know, fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so why stand-up comedy? Have you always been a comedy fan? I've loved comedy, um, but honestly, like I, I in my twenties, mm -hmm. I, I, I always knew like I was funny. Mm -hmm. Like uh, whenever we'd go to parties and stuff, like I'd be, you know, like the, the ham of the party, whatever you call it. And um, I tried an improv class in my twenties, mm. and it just wasn't, it wasn't the right fit. And I, I was just so afraid to be like getting up in there and doing like playing game and mm -hmm. being on stage that it, 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 yeah, it. It went away for a really, really long time. How did you, who convinced you to do improv? Um, my sister. Oh, really? My, yeah. I was in like, I think I had just had my second son, mm -hmm. uh, Rafa, and he, he's, he's great. He's wonderful. But I was talking to my sister mm -hmm. and I was miserable at my corporate job. I just felt like so drained all the time. Right. And then my sister was just like, you know, she was like being Oprah. <laughs> She's like, Patricia, what would you do if like money were no object like what would you want to do every day for the rest of your life and, and you were like, like zip zap zap zip, <laughs> <laughs> well i was just like i just want to like hang out with mm. people and make them laugh mm. and she's someone like who why don't you try stand-up comedy and i was like oh my god you're right you're right and she she was the one who kept me accountable okay and she's like just start small just take a class just see what happens mm -hmm. And yeah, that's that's how I so got she, into it. She pushed you into the improv class first. She was like, "You should do this." Or oh no, the that, the improv had come and gone. Okay, so yeah. this is way after. Yeah, the this fact. is way like maybe <laughs> ten years. Oh wow! After yeah, that's quite the gaps. <laughs> so was was it like a similar thing with taking the improv class? Where you're like, I want to try something new and make people laugh. Was there like a through line or something? Or yeah, I guess it, it was always like. Um, 
Yeah, just wanting to be funny, but not knowing, like, having an outlet for it. Mm. Like, I remember in third grade, I, I, seriously, I saw, like, my report card. And, you know, like, they have, like, the grades, and then underneath they have the comments Mm -hmm. for the kids. And in my third grade class, Mrs. Carr was like, Patricia's, like, one of the uh, smartest students in the room. Mm -hmm. However, she is always distracted by being the class clown. (laughs) And I was like, my mom and dad saw that and they like, they shut it down. They're like, no, 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 no. You are not going to be the class clown. Oh my you are, gosh. You're going to get like good grades and be the good Asian, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, typical. So damn, that's okay. I will say, I think class clowns are vital to the school ecosystem. <laughs> 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 like as a not class clown, there was, I had, there was one year where I had like, I was taking algebra two. And both semesters, I had, like, two of, like, the biggest, like, class clown kids in the school. Like, one in the first semester, the second, the second. I would just spend the whole class, like, crying, laughing. And it's like, <laughs> why would why would we work when we can just fuck around? This is amazing. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, like, how many hours is a school day? And you're not going to be entertained? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, you want to focus? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know. They just start running open mics in school right <laughs> because like the kids are trapped in mm-hmm. there so we should just roll up to the school and be like hey guys how about some free comedy <laughs> <laughs> i've honestly thought about that like i'm like what if, what if when i'm like an old fart comedian it's like should i like volunteer to teach like like high school comedy classes like you know start them early and get them in good habits before they eventually <laughs> get <Yeah>. on stage <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so then they can be like yeah, like 20 years in, they can be like 24 years old and, you know, yeah. just be like a prophet of comedy. Yeah, I hate them. Everyone who started at 16, I hate you. I know, me too. <laughs> me too. That's so, un- like, you- how did they know? Ugh, their parents know. must love them or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's so brave. I'm like, I, for me at least, I don't think I could go into a bar full of like 21 to like 45 year olds telling adult jokes as like a teenager or like an eight, even an 18 year old and be like, fine. Oh, yeah, no, that would be so I'd be creepy. scared. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. So did you, did you cut your class clownery or were you kind of always doing that? I No, I, I, I eventually cut it out. I was like, okay, I'll be, I'll be, I, I. I don't know. I feel like I, I, at some point in high school, like I was every single stereotype there was. Oh, well. Like I was kind of nerdy, <laughs> but then I was also like kind of a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And then I digressed and like I was on the soccer team at one point. Um, and then it was to a point where I was like, um, I got this cool job where uh, I was on the high school newspaper, but mm. I was selling advertising. So I so I I got to um go off campus. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that was the only my my one of my best friends Lisa was like she was the editor and she's like, "Oh, I have a job for you." And I'm like, "Off campus? <laughs> Hell yeah." Did were you were was anyone allowed to go off campus no, in your school? No, just no. everyone had to stay there. Yeah, everyone had to stay there, but I had to pass to go sell advertising. Whoa. During lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That yeah. like break free moment. Oh yeah. We had my high school was sophomore and above. You could leave campus for whatever. Whoa. But uh that obviously when you have just the freshmen who need to be there, it's just security and golf carts like <laughs> herding them in all the time. <laughs> Oh my god! So during this time in your life, were you watching any comedy? Did were you did you have any like stand up exposure or anything? No, I mean like there was always 
Uh, no, when I was growing up, there wasn't even Netflix yet. Right, like, that's, right. <laughs> uh, so I guess it was like HBO, like uh, Deaf Comedy Jam mm-hmm. was on uh, certain nights. But it was never... No, it wasn't available to me readily. Mm. And like you know, the internet didn't exist. So <laughs> yeah. it was like funny to me was um, watching like, oh God, like well, the Cosby show back mm-hmm. then. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> like, uh, and Roseanne, which is, you know, another mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, and sitcoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I would watch like, I remember watching like um, David Letterman. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, just thinking, like, oh, his top ten jokes are so, so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was about it. And, you know, I mean, David Letterman at the time, uh, no DVR. So right. it would be like, ooh, <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. I'm going to go watch this show at, like, 11 o'clock <laughs> on a weeknight. Or 11.30 on a weeknight. Um, oh, my gosh. And you have to remember the schedule. Be yeah. like, you got to be home and there at the time and ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess there was also um, SNL, mm. too. Like, I remember seeing, uh, it was like Dana Carvey and all those guys. They were so good in the 90s. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. So that's what I thought comedy was. And maybe that's why I got into improv first. Uh, okay. It was like sketch and. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like most televised comedy except for stand up is like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> are exactly. you are you like a snl lifer fan do you watch every week or are you kind of were you just kind of an occasional watcher an occasional watcher mm. for sure but if anyone um is wanting to give me an snl job uh, i watch it <laughs> weekly <laughs> <laughs> I've got. I do this other stream uh, during on Wednesdays with my friend, and we always roast Pete Davidson. And I was like, I want to be clear, listeners. If Pete Davidson ever talks to me, I will fold immediately. I'd be like, Yeah, Pete, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> SNL sucks, but if they want me, I'm on immediately. You're like a, you're like a chuckle fucker, but in- <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me, we all are. Exactly. All are. If uh, if Mad TV was still around, that would be the show that I'd be going for. Oh know. yeah, not or as like, successful, but <laughs> God or um, oh my God, Key and Peele, yeah, so good, the best, the yeah. best ever. I feel like I I grew up watching Mad TV, and then when Key and Peele came out, I was like, it's just more of like the good stuff. And yeah. then seeing SNL clips, I never, I was like, is this funny? Like I don't know, I'm used to like <laughs> this stuff. I don't know, more chaotic humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God, who's the guy? Oh, oh my God. Uh... What's his, he's a triple name on Key and Peele. He's so good. Oh, what? Keegan Michael Key. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. God. His like. <laughs> I remember when I saw. I think I first saw him when he was doing like the Obama oh. press. <laughs> the press. anger translator. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. It was such a genius sketch. Yeah, like uncharted, <laughs> uncharted territory because it's like a president and mm-hmm. a, like comedian. It was so so good. So good. <laughs> So did you, at, at any point, were you like a, like, I guess because you started comedy like so much further out than like high school and co- uh, college. Were you following stand-up through the between years, like between your improv and stand-up or? I, 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 I remember watching like Ali Wong and Joe mm. Coy and seeing like, just, just seeing them and I remember thinking like, wow, they're so relatable. Mm-hmm. And I love like a lot of, you know, just seeing Asian comedians coming up and being like, oh, this is kind of like a new thing. I mm-hmm. think it was always there, but it was just like, oh, hey, 
they're they're talking about like what I can relate to, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of like helped too. Just yeah. like you know, like the more you see yourself mm-hmm. in the media, then the more you can see yourself totally in the media. Yeah, I guess. yeah. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> so, wh- what year did you start stand up? Um, I think I took my first stand up class somewhere between like two thousand. 12 and 2018 like what what, very broad window (laughs) you know what when you have kids like uh, a lot of the stuff goes out of my brain see so um during that time like I probably took two stand-up classes Mm -hmm. I would take the class I would do the show Mm -hmm. and then I'm like that's it you know I'm done that's (laughs) that's stand-up for me yeah yeah um, and then it wasn't until uh, 2018 when mm-hmm. I took another class um, that I was like, oh, wait, you have to go to like open mics. You have to like <laughs> practice and practice mm-hmm. and practice. And and that's I, I really feel like that's when I became, quote unquote, like serious. Right, right. About stand up. So I guess 2018 was my. OK. Uh, yeah. Same. Full, full birth. <laughs> nice. So the first the first two classes you took before. What was the the step to get? And you mentioned that you were kind of like mulling over what you want to do with your life. Was there like a moment when someone was it your sister who was like, "Go take the stand up class"? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> did she have one lined up? Did she do the do the research for you? No, I I did the research. So of course I I'm like, what comedy club do I like? I'm like, duh, comedy cellar. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, so I took um, uh, Rick Crom's class. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I took Veronica Mosey's class as well. Mm, okay. Do yeah. you, do you still have any material from those classes that you use? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I, I'm sure it's in my archive somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's so painful. <laughs> <laughs> but do you use any of it? Are, are there any holds holdouts? Um, you know what? There's some things that I want to come back to. Mm-hmm. Like I remember Veronica, she was she was very interested in uh, getting to know me as a mom as well, I think, because she mm. also was a mom. And some of the stand-up that uh, she was encouraging me to write was about uh, when I was on bed rest okay. with my kids. Um, and yeah, I think that's something that I haven't like fully gone into mm-hmm. yet because I feel like, I don't know, it hasn't like like risen to like a top uh subject for me. right right you're just roasting your kids and your husband <laughs> yeah yeah just roasting my kids my husband and my uh my other sister my mm. other sister no she she has stayed in my stand-up for a while because she's yeah. like yeah she's obnoxiously hot <laughs> so she deserves it right yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I just realized I don't have any jokes about my family. Oh my god! <laughs> They're all cool though. But oh no, that that writes itself. Like just follow them around with a notebook, and you'll have like your hour special. <laughs> right so was that what your? That's like a lot of your material. Those talk about your family life and stuff. Mm-hmm. Was it always like that, or did you have a pivot moment? Um. Yeah, a lot of my material uh, definitely is is about my husband because it's just like. I mean, my husband just does stuff around the house and he knows like when I like start looking at him, mm-hmm. now he's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> what? Uh, are you going to write about this? I'm like, no. And then I have my notebook. I'm like, just continue as you are. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. a certain look. And I'm going to get you. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to talk to you about on stage. I'm talking talk about you. Um, no, but it's also, it's just like, it's so, I think, relatable and mm. universal. Like everyone has that like husband, wife, partner, whatever, that like does crazy things or, you know, that you react to in a crazy way. So I think it's, it's totally universal. Yeah, um, totally. I think like, when I when I was like single, I'd be like, God, I'm so annoyed at like these comedians, like, oh my wife, blah, 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 blah. and then like now that I'm in a long term relationship, I'm like, all right, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I love this person, but there's also a lot of material here. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, there's a lot of stuff in the bathroom. Like I saw your bathroom, and it was like, oh yeah. Yeah, there's a lady who lives here, <laughs> like with the little headband with the bunny. Like, oh my gosh, cat yeah. Ears. I'm like, yep, yep. <laughs> That's like something that just like the bathroom. I, I I have like three things in there. I have like moisturizer, my toothbrush, and my toothpaste. Wow, <laughs> very wow. minimal. Yeah, that's that's yeah. You you guys are lucky though. All you need to do is like you shower and you like leave the house pretty much yeah when you told me this morning like this was gonna be a video i was like ah! <laughs> it's uh no i i mean i uh i used to just shower and leave the house and uh thank god for lee uh she was like you need to moisturize <laughs> change my life <laughs> so now i have extra steps and i do oh, appreciate nice. it so much nice. <laughs> you're gonna have that baby soft skin for like until you're 40 50 yeah, yeah good for you that was a big step she had like a really good joke about it for like a full year <laughs> i'm like fair you can talk about that <laughs> oh my god so one thing I, i'm wondering so when you you do this the first two stand-up classes right and then you do the one that the third one that like you get serious for mm -hmm. how long between was was it just like you were just going to take a third one anyway, and then you kind of realized you need to go to open mics during that course, or yeah, yeah, it was like um, I remember uh, I took the class with Brittany Cardwell, mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> she she was just like, oh yeah, you have to go to open mics, you have to do this, you have to do that, and I was like, oh my god, and it was finally <laughs> like I finally also made friends with some comedians to mm -hmm. go to these mics with, so right, right. It's, it's like it's encouragement and um accountability right at the same time mm -hmm. so and you know especially like i will say like as, as a woman mm -hmm. and as a woman of color it yeah. is terrifying to go to some of these mics and you're like the only woman and all these guys are like dick 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 <laughs> and you're like oh my god i want to talk about my kids and they're like oh shut up you old bitch um <laughs> So it's nice to have That's actually my whole set. She's... <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe this lady? <laughs> I'm plagiarizing all the male comedians right now. <laughs> You're going to get a cease and desist <laughs> from the white straight male comedian confederation of America. <laughs> so who, who are your like early friends from class that you were uh, doing comedy with? Um, oh my God. Is anyone still in there? Uh, Brittany, I met mm -hmm. early on. Um, I met like a bunch of really nice comedians too. Uh, I'm trying to think of like uh, Zarna Garg. Mm. Met Natalie Perlin. Okay. Um, uh, met some like Asian comedians, like uh, my friends from Banana Ketchup show that I do. Mm -hmm. Basically, uh, Alex Kim. Like, um, basically any mic that I went to, and mm -hmm. there was like one woman mm -hmm. or one person of color, I would like beeline for them i remember yeah. i met lee yep 
at an open mic mm. and I was just like, oh, Asian woman at a mic. Like I just ran pretty much towards her. Like I yeah. was like, let's be friends. And yep. Now we are friends. So <laughs> it, it works. But um, yeah. It's great. What, so what, uh, when you first started, what, what, um, what mics were you doing? Like what neighborhoods? Were you just doing village stuff or? Uh, no, I would, um, I would try to go to mics within walking distance. I'm on the Upper East Side. So oh, wow. I'd go to like a comic strip. Um, stand up New York. I'd go to West Side Comedy Club, mm. um, and then I spent a lot of time at the. I guess it's cellar. What was it called before? Climate. Yeah. Yeah, I'd spent a lot of time at Climate. A lot of money um, at Climate. A lot of money at Climate. <laughs> those five dollars seltzers, like, wow. <laughs> um, and then I also started getting to like after I figured out like the other mics, like um, mm-hmm. comedians on the loose. Sonia's mic is really good, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just more like. Cool places that don't yeah. charge you five dollars for <laughs> five dollars and a drink or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Like those ones, I I have never been to the comic strip or West Side Comedy Club. I don't think I've been to like most of those, especially for open mics. I don't know what those are like. <laughs> yeah, no, West Side Comedy Club has a like they have a lot of open mics. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's nice about it too, it's like you're actually performing on the stage. Mm. Um, they do, they use the exact mic you're using on the stage, the lighting, everything. It's really, um, it's really supportive. Uh, I remember when I first started going open mics there, they would also have feedback mics. Mm -hmm. And at that time for like the first year I was doing comedy, Jay Jordan was at the open mics giving feedback. And I was like, this guy (laughs) is amazing like mm. please like everyone shut up i don't want your feedback i only want jay jordan's <laughs> feedback because he was so like spot on and concise and you're just like and then of course you know he exploded like mm-hmm. several months later you're like yeah you you just know that guy had the goods um that's amazing that's yeah. a great start <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I, know. I wish he'd come back I'm like, please, please help me more jay jordan please <laughs> Um, the mics at a comic strip, um, they're pretty good. You know, it was walking distance to my house too. Mm -hmm. I started, uh, doing mics with, um, a woman named Gladys, Mm -hmm. uh, Simons, who's, who's been in the industry for a really long time. So Mm -hmm. she was very nice and welcoming and, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting. I know him. Wait. (laughs) Oh my god, I'm blanking on his name. I think it's like the pressure of this mic and the. Um, it's how it goes. We uh, we've had a lot of guests forget a lot of people's names. <laughs> I know. I was like, let me look at my notes. Like, yeah, an right. open mic. Um, uh, yeah, but it, it comic strip. It, it's it's also nice too because then you're on the stage as well, so mm. you really get that like. I think muscle memory of yeah. being on stage. Which it feels is, real. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Whereas opposed to like, um, like doing a mic in a coffee shop, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like, is the audience really listening? Or it do, it doesn't feel like a stage stage, right? So you almost have to, you have to work differently, I guess. Yeah, that was like a thing I noticed early on. Is like, I feel like I haven't had to work to get an open mic to like listen to the jokes in like forever. <laughs> wow. I don't know, but because I also just haven't gone to like those like random coffee shop open mic type deals where you're like, please listen to me. Yeah, <laughs> where people are like they're on a board game or on a date and they're like, what oh is God. this comedy night? <laughs> <laughs> and then they get up and leave. <laughs> yep. 
I used to go to when I first got to the city. There was an open mic, a ten minute walk away from me, but it was in the bar of a restaurant. And let me tell you, those patrons not happy when people start doing an open mic. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, anytime you get a laugh from a customer and not a comedian, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough. It is tough, but um, yeah, we. I, I think like anytime the mic is tough, though, it's just like, okay, how could I have like. How could I have drawn them in? What could have I had said differently? Yeah. Like, how could I have done crowd work? Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, you go through the questions in your head. Totally. I think at this point, like, I try not to crowd work comedians, even though I want to crowd work so bad when I'm bombing all the time. Because <laughs> comedians hate it. <laughs> but regular audience ate that shit up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did, have you, did you, um, so like, what was your first show you got booked on? Um, I started doing, let's see, 2018, uh, I would do first, uh, we had a, um, a school fundraiser comedy show Mm -hmm. that was run uh, by another parent who was a comedian at my kid's school, Kyle Acasio. Whoa. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. She put me on (laughs) and I was so out of my depth. Mm -hmm. Um, but at least like the other moms, um, that were in the audience were very supportive of me, but she had on like... Gary Viter and like Mike Cannon and all mm. these like hardcore stuff. And I remember my sister came to a show and she's like, I was nervous for you because all of these people, she's like, but you were okay. You're good. You're good. It's fine. You survived. And that would be like uh, a real show that we mm-hmm. would do. Um, How much time did you do at your first one? Oh, like five. Like, okay. Five. At least they weren't like, you want to do 15? No, God, no. God, I would run away crying. No, no, thank you. That's that's like super dope, but also it's crazy that you you're you like I feel like there's so few comedians that you being like there's another parent at the school who's a comedian. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's New York City. That is true. That's New York. Like there, I think um, another comedian I saw like she was doing a class show, and like got uh, Godfrey Godford was. Mm. I'm not even speaking correctly, but uh, he was on it because <laughs> yeah. his kids were at that school. So. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of, it's new york city though there's Damn. a lot of kids uh with famous parents so, so you're using your kids to network <laughs> trying i'm trying <laughs> so when you first started so how many mics did you do a week typically um i would try i my first goal was to do like 100 mics in that 2018 mm-hmm. year and then yeah. i and then i got to that nice. and i was so I was pleased with myself, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but it was it was not um, it was not easy because then it's like okay, uh, I I have my kids during the day, mm-hmm. you know, school, homework, I'm making dinner, and then like at seven or eight, have to like after you know, I just want to like lay down on the couch. It's like okay, like motivate yourself mm-hmm. and and get to these mics. So um, so do you have did you have like a uh, like a talk with your kids like all right listen guys I'm going to cook your dinner we're going to hang out for a few but I need this time slot where I'm going to go do my thing so don't die. Yeah no no I didn't have to talk to the kids I had to talk to the husband. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my babysitter. <laughs> yeah no and and he oh my god like for like being my comedy muse and how mm. many jokes about him like wow get yourself like a supportive partner <laughs> if you want to do comedy because mm. like i i really i would not be able to do it without him not just like not just like support with the kids but like uh he's the breadwinner 
of our family yeah. too. Like for for a long time and up until now, like comedy is like a negative revenue stream for me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, so he is financially supporting this endeavor um, as well. But yeah, we had we to have to talk like, okay, I'm going to do mics on like Tuesday and Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, can you make sure you're home mm-hmm. on time for the kids? And he would do that. And then he really liked the idea of me doubling up on mics too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that made it like more, more efficient, like where I could do more mics mm. and then he could have more, you know, time at mm-hmm. work or whatever he needed to do. So, right. Okay. Gotcha. So during, during like this time when you start stand up, like 2018, like seriously, are your kids old enough that they're kind of like independent and they can monitor themselves or no, no, it's, it's more like, Mm, it's more monitoring to make sure they don't kill each other. I have two boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I have younger brothers, so I know oh my all God. about that. <laughs> I have two sisters, and, like, I didn't know. You guys are mean. Like, we're we're mean verbally with, like, clothes and sharing yeah. and stuff. But boys, like, just watching them, like, brush their teeth, they'll be, like, knocking each other over. Like, why do you guys do that? It's great. Like. It's bad. How, what's what's the age gap between your two kids? Uh, three years. Three years. Okay. Three years. So I'm I'm two years older than my brother, so like a little bit yeah. closer. But man, the type of shit. Like looking back, we did some fucked up shit to each other just for no reason. <laughs> like there was one time. This is this is like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm gonna say this in the podcast. There was one time I was probably six, and my brother was like four. And you know how you can take a mattress and slide down a staircase? Yes. yes, So we would do that when we were kids. We used to do the couch cushions. It was awesome. And one day we were like, what if we did it with the dog cage? (laughs) So I put my brother in the dog cage. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) The younger one is always the guinea pig. I'm the youngest and I feel his pain. Oh, my God. And so I pushed him down the basement steps, which is like like 25 feet and just like (laughs) tumbling. And I'm like, oh, I get, like that was just like normal shit. Like I remember him throwing rocks at my head. Like that's like, <laughs> oh my god, all sorts of like you just beat each other up. And I'm like, why? Why do kids do? This? I don't know. Yeah, it's like <laughs> if you did it to anyone else, you'd be in jail. But it's your brother. It's you know. Oh my god. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a. It's it's. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I can only imagine the situation of you having two boys and only growing up with sisters and then being like, oh. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, they're always like on top of each other, wrestling. Like, I remember, like, we have been to the emergency room so many times, just like <laughs> stitches, bruises, uh, you know. Oh my, like, it, we, we, we went to the emergency room so many times one year that. They would get the same. They would always get like um, a little package from the hospital, mm-hmm. and we would have like three or four of the same little stuffed animal from the emergency <laughs> room. Oh like God. it was bad. <laughs> it was really like I so many different stitches, and it got to a point where my husband was just like, "Do you need me to go with you?" I'm like, "No, it's fine. We're you know regulars." Yeah, we're regulars. <laughs> Luckily, one of the um, one of my son's uh, classmates' mom was mm. head of the child uh, ER room so we could like get in and out pretty quickly and you know 
<laughs> with stitches and, oh my and no social services showing up at child services. <laughs> that's intense. I, I don't think me and my brother, there was no emergency room visits, but that's like, that's like wild. <laughs> I, oh my God. Yeah, no, it, 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 we have good insurance, so it's, yeah. it's, it's okay. You got to hit that deductible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just making sure. Uh, yeah, my husband makes sure uh, my kids stay alive mm. while uh, while they're uh, <laughs> while I'm out. Yeah, that's uh, I guess really important. Then I never thought about that. <laughs> like, staying alive is important. Yeah, uh, it, it gets better when they're both in high school. Typically, um, yeah. Then they just get verbally mean. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The other. Oh god. The other one's thirteen, going on fourteen, mm-hmm. and he is. A, piece of work yeah <laughs> it's uh th- those ages were like it's so weird i remember just being like so so mad at just like nothing in particular and being like i'm an adult i can think i know what i'm doing and looking back it's like no, you, don't. Yeah, <laughs> Not you, you know nothing yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's just like i i he thinks he knows everything but then every morning i'm still like dude brush your teeth he's like oh yeah my breath stinks what are you doing have your uh have your kids seen your comedy yet they've they've seen some clean comedy Mm. that i've done especially when um during the pandemic when we went on zoom like they watched some stuff on youtube live and Mm. and uh, i have to say though like is having me be on on YouTube is something that they can really relate to because they've right. never seen me in a club, right? And well, they they're watch... gonna love this. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you guys. <laughs> Mommy loves you. Um, uh, no, but they they got to see me on YouTube live, and I think like YouTube is they're always watching like right. gamer videos and stuff. So for them to see their mom mm-hmm. in like this other light. And light, and then they see like the comments coming in live, like mm. you know, like hearts and happy faces and smiling. They're like, "Oh my god, mom, you're pretty funny!" And <laughs> like, pretty cool. yeah, I know, I know. Finally, that's awesome. I think that's like that's a probably the coolest way to like get them into it is that like you go through the medium that they love. And like, oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have to start Twitch soon. I have to. <laughs> Although I don't really know what Twitch is, but I know that they like it. Mm. So I have to figure that out. Do you play any video games? I do. You do? What do you play? I do. Oh, God. So embarrassing. Okay. Uh, I play uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Okay. Super addicted to that (laughs) over the pandemic. My God. Um, And then the last one I just finished was Phoenix Rising. Okay. So I like the the adventure games, Mm. I guess. Okay. Just... Or I discovered like anything where I can ride a horse. <laughs> okay, I know. Okay, so it's totally like female stereotypical. When we were in the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, I would get on Zelda, and we were in lockdown, and I would just like capture horses and ride them around. For like hours, <laughs> and I would like get their hair braided and have all the flowers and anything like any challenge or mm. anything horse related like i was there <laughs> and they're like mom don't you want to like don't you want to fight ganon mm-hmm. like don't the, you know the main focus of this game i was like no i'm good i'm good with <laughs> all my cruising. horses yeah <laughs> I was oh my cruising God. My horse. same with phoenix rising because mm. then they even had like 
other than horses, like they also have like unicorns. They have a horse that. Okay, this is really pathetic. They no, have no, like keep a going, horse. <laughs> Brittany Carwell did a horse impression on her episode. So. <laughs> oh, she really like she wanted to be a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to ride horses. Brittany wanted to like be a horse. <laughs> That's dope, though. So did you just play on the Switch? Yeah, okay. I play on the Switch. Um... You should. You should get on Twitch then. I think you would crush it. <laughs> Gamer mom. Totally. Like, no, but then I, you know, like, my kids now know that I, I really like video games, and now I can't tell them, like, video games suck, because then I'd be, like, such a hypocrite now. Mm. You know? Like, they've totally called me out on my shit. <laughs> Here, here's what you got to do, because, like, you pitch it to them this way, is that, like, you love video games, but you also have a hobby that is, like... You're part of a community and it's in real life as well. So you, you get to have the video games because you're also doing something creative with other people. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like a social aspect of it. Yeah. And, the... and you're also learning like a real life skill, you know, that's not <laughs> collecting horses. <laughs> <laughs> like for me, it's like I feel like I, I'll go on off with video games. So yeah, like when I'm playing video games a lot, I... I like I try to like moderate and then like stop and then like when I'm off video games I focus more on like my physical hobbies and it just feels like a better balance. Like Elden Ring just came out and I'm totally going to get it at some point, but I've been having a moment where I've started reading again and I'm like spending time <laughs> in real life and I'm like all right, this is good. I'm going to do this for a couple months and then I'll reward myself down the line with the video game that I know I'm going to play 100 hours of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and then when like oh my god, and then when you do, you, I guess there's something on the Switch where you can see how many hours. Yep. Oh, my God. It's like <laughs> those hundred of hours like could be having been writing more material, right? <laughs> like, ugh. Yeah, th those numbers, uh, they will break your heart. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I spent how much time doing what? <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. my God. We but need like a stage time counter. You know, if like over your whole career, how much stage time do you think you've done? Uh, not as much as Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, even the first year you said like, okay, do 100 mics. Even if those are all five minutes, you got 500 minutes divided by 60 minutes. You know, it's not a lot of time. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, your math. Oh. Less than 10 hours on stage. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's what is it? Ten thousand hours. To yeah, ten thousand hours. Genius. Okay, should we just cut? Like, keep talking until next week? Like, should yeah. we just keep going on this? <laughs> I like. I. It's got to be so. I don't even know if there's comedians out there who are ten thousand hours on stage because yeah. that's that's an insane amount. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm almost jealous of like people who have like the. They're also like a comedian, but also like a dancer or mm. like an actor, performer, because then at least they have like the stage presence. Like they know right. they know what's they've had that like proper training. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you're a comedian, the first thing you want to do is just like, I just want to be funny. Yeah. Right. I just want to share ideas and be funny. And you don't know about like act outs mm -hmm. or how to like, you know, um, warm up your voice and all these other cool things that uh other people are doing so. yo vocal warm-ups do you do vocal warm-ups um sometimes i try really sometimes i'm like red leather yellow leather 
<laughs> in the bathroom of the grizzly pair, red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, cinnamon aluminum linoleum. Cinnamon Whoa. aluminum linoleum. Yeah. <laughs> so w- when you first started like getting into stand up seriously, what were your like, what were your strengths and what were your weaknesses of being on stage? Um, what were uh. My weaknesses were like everything, everything. I guess, like fear, uh, fear of being judged, fear mm-hmm. of being a woman. Um, so many like uh, self-induced um, anxieties, mm-hmm. um, why I wouldn't be good at things. So I guess my, my fear was uh, uh, all for myself, really. Right. Um, my strengths were like no matter how bad this mic goes, mm-hmm. I still have a family that loves me. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I have people who love me somewhere <laughs> in the world. Like, so nothing, like, I, yeah. And, and also, like, I feel like one of the strengths I had, um, as it was, it's nice to be a married woman at open mics. Because mm. it's just like all these, there's it's like a lot of dudes and i'm not saying like every dude's hitting on me Mm -hmm. but i feel like it's very clear that i'm there to do comedy right right like i'm not there to like meet some cute guy Mm. meet some psycho like whatever (laughs) i don't know what cute guys there's like three (laughs) (laughs) and they're all gay um... (laughs) but yeah it, it that that was also a strength so i could be like okay can just I can focus on comedy, and um, I'll be okay. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. That's I mean that's that's like awesome. It's like coming coming into it with the support network, being like they're they're gonna love me. I get to go home to people who want to see. Me. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. also having the free boundary of like I'm here to work, and you all will understand this immediately. Yeah, yeah. Like if if I'm asking some guy to do um a show that mm. I want to produce. It's really like to do a show that I want to produce. It's not like <laughs> come hang out with me. Like yeah, yeah no. Um uh No one's ever asked me that. No one's ever booked me because they want to date me. <laughs> 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 no, but there's a lot of like people hooking up in in comedy and mm. I I like at one I, I think it's cool because then you have like a common interest, but it's like, oh my god, if it doesn't work out you're going to have to see that person. Like, that's where you work. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you better just get married at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's <laughs> that's it. It's just like, well, uh, I made this decision, and uh, there's no backing out of it. Yeah, <laughs> if yeah. I back out of this decision, I have to move to L.A., and I'm fucking not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. But it, So, you know, I think I think with comedy, though, I feel like, um, you know, I think about it a lot, and you have to do, like, a lot of um, – self-evaluation to become good at it yeah, right yeah, yeah. so i i would do self-evaluation and i would be like god i'm like am i doing well in comedy and then it would kind of be like oh i i'm not doing that well i'm mm. i'm like it would get me down mm-hmm. if comedy wasn't going well and i really had to learn how to separate out that comedy is one thing and to still be grateful for mm-hmm. like the other things i had in life because um yeah, I would just be like, oh, God, I suck at comedy. My life, shit. And I'm like, wait a second. My life is really awesome. Like, right, I, right. I, there's certs, it's just part of my life that mm-hmm. may not be going uh, the way I wanted to. So I just had to, like, learn how to separate 
my feelings about life um, and comedy. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. I think so many of us get trapped in that. I get trapped in that sometimes. (laughs) Like, lately it's not as bad because I've become more big picture. But when I had, like, the first two years, if I was having a rough couple weeks on stage, it was, like, I would just be the worst. Yeah, it messes with your mind. You're just like, wow, I... Uh, if you have a bad set, I'm like, oh my god, like I I should quit. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think I think a lot of um uh help came from like reading self help books. Mm. I sw- it I know it's like <laughs> <laughs> this. I I have one. I have uh on my nightstand. I have um this self help book called You Are a Badass. Oh, I read that one. Oh my god, it was really helpful. For I don't me. remember any of it. I read it. I read it. <laughs> I read it pre-comedy when I was in college and depressed because college is hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Read it. Reread it. Like, okay. there's certain parts where it was just like, I remember um, thinking to myself, like, when other people would get booked. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, like the Instagram stroll where you're like, mm, I love that person, but they got booked. And, and they're like, know? here's all my show dates for November. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, I yeah. got one. Yeah, because you, you, you naturally you compare yeah. yourself. And you look for the things that are missing mm. and you, you compare yep. and contrast. And when I read um, that book and there was a part where it was very clear, it was like, don't, don't get jealous of other people achieving like what you want to do. Like, it's just proving to yourself that it's possible for you. Mm. And I think just having that switch in my brain, like being happy and knowing that, um, Seeing these other people's successes is bringing success closer for yourself. Whoa, that's a good way to think about it. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) So I remember, like, just watching, um, like watching a a comedian like Jenny Yang Mm -hmm. at Union Hall, or like Young Me Mayer, Mm -hmm. uh, and and just I think like a few years ago, I would have been like. Who are these Asian women? Why aren't I getting booked? Oh, I'm so jealous of them. Mm-hmm. And then when I see them like selling out shows, I'm like, holy shit, like this, this is possible for me. And and I just have to like work to that goal. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, they're paving the way. Mm-hmm. Like something like seeing Ali Wong in Beacon Theater, like that's a little too far off. Like that's like that's not a tangible yeah, goal that's in not a lot of tangible ways. enough. Yeah. And you know, so I can like I can appreciate for her from afar. Mm-hmm. But when I now see other people being successful around me, I'm like, okay, we're moving in the right direction. And it's just showing me like, right. there's a path. Yeah. So Exactly. Yeah. I, I think it's like I it's I think it's just like comedy is like a high tide raises all ships type situation. Like when your network starts doing better and better, you just end up in lockstep with them at some point. Like even if someone goes kind of further ahead, it's like, oh no, that's like just a little bit more time out for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it, 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 it just, when you have that, um, I feel like when your brain really is able to visualize, mm-hmm. like, the success that you want, then I think, like, other parts of your brain maybe turn on and they're like, okay, like, let's, how do we get there? How do mm-hmm. we get there? Instead of just like, you're never going to get there, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, and um, I remember... Um, I was doing a set at Greenwich Village mm-hmm. one night, and then I was on Instagram, and I saw Zarna Garg was down the street at Comedy Cellar, mm-hmm. so I texted her. She's like, oh, yeah, come over, come over. I'll, um, let's just have a drink and catch up. Mm-hmm. So I went over there, and um, they called her down to do her set. She's like, oh, come watch my set. Mm-hmm. 
And she took me um, down those back stairs mm -hmm. at Comedy, Comedy Cellar where all the comedians are. And it's been like on so many Netflix specials. And I watched her set. And just like having that visual of like going down those steps and going like through the back yeah. entrance. And I was like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> like, this is what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm so grateful to her for like being able to like share that mm -hmm. um, uh, a feeling of like success mm. and, and reaching your goals. Because yeah, then yeah. It, it seems like, oh. You know, she's she's another comedian who's, I mean, she's had tremendous success, mm -hmm. um, but she's also just, like, another person like you, like me. Right, right. Right? And, and, and it's certainly possible for, for us if we, if we work hard enough and, and if we get lucky and, you know, all mm -hmm. the stars align, but it's, yeah. That's great. I, like, that's so cool. Like, <laughs> like even just being on those steps, I would be like, mm. oh, yeah, no, I, I lost my coal after. So she she crushed it. It was amazing. And then after uh, after the set, we came out and I was like, oh, my God, Zani, you're so amazing. And then on the steps was Enziz Anzari. Ooh. And he was wearing like the same blue um, beanie that I guess is in his special. And he was mm. he that was December. Last mm. year, so he must have been like practicing for his special or just like getting it ready. Whoa! And I was like, Ugh. "That's when I lost my call." I was like, "Hi!" And he's like, "Hey!" What's up? <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> Perfect disease impression. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> That's amazing. Well, something I've been thinking about recently is like crazy. Is like I realized that every show you could possibly get on is someone else's practice room. Like, yeah, and I like yeah. when I started thinking about that, I was like, oh my god! So it's like, every everyone, it's like it, everything is possible. All these shows that I hold to such high esteem, it's like, oh, those are within reach because other people use these as like, eh, I guess I'll do a drop in if, just yeah. to warm up, you know? I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> yeah, our ceiling is someone else's like floor, yeah, basement. <laughs> <laughs> One man's uh, open mic is another man's treasure, or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Seriously, it's like, you know, like finally, you know, in those beginning stages when I'm like, oh my God, I did mm -hmm. so well at an open mic. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it, it, you're building up and you're building up. And mm -hmm. so every, yeah, I guess we're all on like this, this ladder. We're all the same. I remember like, I've talked about this a bit with some people in the last couple of weeks. It's like when you first start, you were going to places in walking distance. So good for you. When I first started in like Colorado, I remember there was a open mic in Fort Collins at uh, Hody's. Hody's Half Known for the listeners. It's a great one. If it's still there, I think it is. But they would, it was this open mic that would have like regularly like 20 to 30 regular audience members to watch. Wow. And it was a full hour and a half drive. And I would do that drive just to like have a good set and feel good about myself. And like two or three times coming back from it, I would get caught in like a blizzard <laughs> driving through the plains. So it'd be like three hours to get home. And I, I'd get home and I was like, totally worth it <laughs> for the five minutes. And I'm like, I can't, I would never, oh <laughs> never do God. that now. <laughs> but that's amazing about like Mike's outside New York City. Like mm -hmm. there's actually audience members there's people <laughs> it was a hard adjustment i i will say when i got to the city i just like it broke my heart i was like 
man, like one, I'm not as funny as I thought I was. Two, there's no audience members. There's no training wheels. It's just like you go up in front of comedians and you better make them laugh or it's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like you go to the shows and it's like there's two people mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, well, let's make these two people laugh. Let's yep. go. You've like, done my show do before. <laughs> No, you had a good audience. You had a great audience. There were like 40 people Oh, there. you came on a good night. Okay. On the so- Solus, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good night. Okay, I'm glad you had a good one because, man, there's been times there was, like, it, it fluctuates so hard. Like, in the middle of a show, too, there was once the first two comics had two people. Uh, I get on stage, the last two people, they walk, and then during my set, like 12 people walk in and sit up front and it was like i didn't even do any jokes because i was just cheering for people to come sit down (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i don't know i've let like once i start realizing it's like oh i use my show as a practice room where there's no stakes and i was like oh everybody else does the exact same thing with their own show and me not getting booked on someone else's show is not actually the end of the world because I, I'm doing the same thing they're doing just over here. Yeah, I yeah. I remember like um, when we were doing our banana ketchup show last summer mm. and it was a weekly show, like some weeks, great turnout, mm. you know, outdoor shed. And then some weeks it was like, please sit down. <laughs> I will buy you a coffee, yep. please. <laughs> and you're just like, you know, you might have a great lineup and no one shows up and it, that's that's so the risk hard. it's so hard especially when you reach for a comedian who's kind of like above your like skill level and then you book them and then you're like if no one shows up to watch this i'm gonna look like an idiot i know oh 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 you want to hear one story yes. that was okay so um uh when um last summer when shang wang was coming into town mm-hmm. uh i asked him to do our banana ketchup show he agreed i we have a mutual friend who's a comedian, so he he put me in connection with Shang Wang. And then Shang came back. He's like, hey, are there any outdoor shows you can recommend? So, of course, I recommended a bunch of outdoor shows. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets uh, booked on uh, May Planard and Ben Kirschenbaum's show okay. at Tiny Cupboard, Borscht. Right. Okay. And, you know, it usually has like 40, 50 people, great mm. crowd. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, me, you know, Shang's going to be on. And... Um, <laughs> So we give him the directions. You know, he's like, I, I'm a huge fan of his. Mm-hmm. Like, he's one of my favorite comedians of all time. Um, he shows up to Tiny Cupboard. There's like three people in the <laughs> on the roof. On the roof <laughs> too. Oh. There are more. There are more comedians on the side than there are audience members. And May gets up there. She does her best, and she's just like, okay. Um, honestly. We don't deserve him, but here is <laughs> Shang Wang. And I was just like, mate, he's going to think like we are like some of the two craziest ass women <laughs> we've ever met. I feel like it, it. one thing that gets me about those situations too, though, is I feel like they have to understand. Like better comedians, they have to know what it's like at this level. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I, 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 she, was, she was just like, I feel like every comedian who has been out there has performed to an audience of zero members mm-hmm. like they're they should be compassionate yeah <laughs> <laughs> and understanding and of mm-hmm. course like um yeah it, it was it's just like 
you can have like the most amazing lineup mm-hmm. and sometimes like if the weather's not right if like i don't know there's a snowstorm oh yeah or when you do i remember the outdoor days when it'd be like uh, oh, it's supposed to rain af- this afternoon. Oh, but it's going to stop. So we're still going to sh- do the show after it stops. And then no one shows up, even though it's beautiful out yeah. because it was uh, raining 20 minutes ago. <laughs> it's like, fight the weather gods or yeah. something. I, yeah. What What do you do? Punch? How do you punch a cloud? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we did our mic yesterday out here in the backyard. Brutal. We so cold and we took a we halfway through the mic we took a everybody go inside and drink hot cider break to warm Aww. everyone up <laughs> poor people these poor comics just want stage time <laughs> yeah no, I, I i i do though like as hard as the outdoor stuff was though mm-hmm. i think like i think like anyone who did outdoor shows during the pandemic became a stronger comedian yes. for it because yeah. like when you're when you're trying to make people laugh and there's like dogs and like a bus and just like crazy at, like crazy people just coming up to you yep. doing your set, um, you just you really go for it. Like you just have yep. to be like, I'm funny. <laughs> um, and then I remember like doing my first show back after the pandemic indoors mm-hmm. and like the the laughter was like thunder mm-hmm. not that i'm like uh, killing it all yeah. the time but you know when it's an indoor space and you can actually like people are there for the purpose of funny mm-hmm. then like oh you're like oh my god <laughs> thank god we're back inside yeah it, like you did you did me and lee's show when it was outdoor at the carousel so you... oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, because that one was like, there was a ferry, there was the train on the Manhattan Bridge, and there was helicopters constantly yeah, up and down a, the East River. There was like a wedding. Weddings. That day, too. Proposals, <laughs> all sorts of crazy shit. When we finally went inside and did our show at Eastville, it was like, oh my God, I, there's no environment to meet for me to riff on anymore. Because <laughs> it's so quiet. <laughs> back to the material. Back to the uh, like you guys are You guys are all just listening to me? This is crazy. <laughs> And you're looking at me? What? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think uh, no that that's that summer with the outdoor stuff. That was when I first got into like just crowd work and just barking and being like unapologetic. I will talk to any stranger. I will do it all to get yeah. you to come to the show. <laughs> yeah, it's like the people who uh, the comedians who were outside doing it like wanted it real bad. Yeah. You know, like we are out here. <laughs> we're like I remember like. Lee was doing one of the first mics and shows. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. you guys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, they want it real bad. They want, <laughs> they want it more than me. They are hungry. The people who, uh, like like you said, like, but there was like this community. Like all the people who came out for summer 2020 became like this like solid core. It's like, oh, we only need to know like 200 comics. Like this is us. <laughs> and, then, and then when the vaccine came out, then all these people who were like, immunocompromised or lived with like their elder parents or for some reason they weren't out for 2020 it was like all these like cavemen thawing from the ice it was like bucket mics <laughs> Where, what happened to the creek in the cave <laughs> it's like no we're, we're different now we're we nice moved. yeah yeah <laughs> we yes. do stuff outdoors <laughs> i hope that niceness continues though too i i yeah i do think 2020 
It's like the outdoor shows. It was such a special mm-hmm. time. Like I had so much fun at the tiny cover mm-hmm. at the rooftop. Amazing. Just, right? It was yeah. just so <laughs> everyone's just so happy to like be alive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that we were actually for a moment in time nice yeah. to each other. Yeah. <laughs> it was the best. It was like, especially when it was like tiny cupboard, it was just like BYOB or whatever. And yeah. just like people would just go up and just drink and hang out. And it was like warm summer nights. It's just the it best. It was magical. Yeah. <laughs> it really was magical. I was talking, yeah. And then we're, even though it was like magical, it was still funny that like in 2021, we're like, all right, we're all going back inside, right? <laughs> like, we're like, fuck Central Park, right? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Central Park. Wow. <laughs> Those shows were the the shows and mics out in Central Park were like such a good hang, but like you can only do so well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even if like I remember there would be I did a couple like stand up New York shows in Central Park and there would be a really good crowd, but sometimes the crowd was just like, We're having a picnic. We're having a ba- like ba mitzvah reading here. And yep. so it's like, oh, okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just living my dreams out here, but you know. We we had to move when me and Lee had our show, we did it in Prospect Park by like the picnic house, which is like just a place in the park. And we had to move our show because one week we were set up between two birthday parties that had DJs and they were just like our regular spot and they were just bumping and it was like we can't. Yeah. We can't come back here. And then we chose somewhere louder. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It was funny, though, how, like, during the pandemic, too, we all um, suddenly became like, uh, okay, we're all like carrying around portable speakers Mm. and microphones and mic stands. And everyone, like, yeah, everyone, like, um, equipped up. Yep. I guess. Like, we're always ready to do a show, like, yep. no matter where, what, how, when, or why. Any day of the week. Yeah. And everyone became producers as well. That was a big one. It's like, I feel like before the pandemic, there was a handful of people who, like, independently produced shows. And then during the pandemic, it's like everyone and their mom was like, we got a, we got an outdoor comedy show. We got a backyard comedy show, rooftop comedy show. Just So, I don't know. It was fun. Yeah, was no, cool. but I, 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 I like that, too, though, because then it shows, like... Um, how adaptable people are. Yeah. Right? It's it's like the people who really like went for it and uh thought out of the box mm-hmm. of the comedy club did really well. Like um Jake and Shafi were doing oh, yeah. their shows. Like they started on the roof and mm-hmm. then they just kept going and going and now they have like, I don't know, like three shows a week or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um but yeah, it, it's like yeah, different producers, like the cream rises to the top so then like mm-hmm. you get to know like a bunch of different folks which is pretty very cool. cool yeah did you did you produce a show during uh the pandemic or your actually what was the first show you produced oh it was um i first did a show with stand up new york for filipino american history month okay um that was a park show in central park okay yeah yeah, yeah and i remember those yeah that that was a lot of fun um and then i uh uh, I I met a Filipino woman who owned a Filipino cafe mm-hmm. down in the Lower East Side, mm-hmm. and then that's when we started doing banana ketchup. And she's like, "Hey, do you want to start doing comedy here?" And I was like, "Yeah, but I don't mm-hmm. want to produce by myself because that is the most stressful thing. <laughs> I yeah. have enough gray hair." <laughs> um, yeah. So that's when I uh, met two other Filipina mm-hmm. comedians. 
uh, Kyle and Dominique. And that's nice. when we started producing our like little outdoor Filipino mm-hmm. pro women um, show. Yeah. That's awesome. That how, was the first one I how, did. How did. How did you feel about producing that show? Like, were there, did you run into the same problems we all do? Like, how do we get people out? Like, what's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The first two are like, everyone's like, yeah. Mm. And then, like, a week later, it's like, oh, we went last week. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Um, yeah, no, it, 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 it's hard. It's really hard to like get people to go to a show, especially when there's like a show down the block, a show last night, a yeah. show here and there and everywhere. Um, so yeah, you have to think about like, what's your different take on a show Mm -hmm. and how to make it really fun. And I think like the one thing that really worked well for us, um, not just being like, uh, Filipino comedians, but also like the owner, Augie, she was like incredible. Like she would bring out Filipino food and serve it to the audience members and just like, and she just made it so inviting mm-hmm. and showing people like Asian culture and Filipino culture. And mm-hmm. I think that's why um, some people really like the show. Like it, it just didn't feel like a regular, con- it kind right. of felt like a food show as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, which like, come on, who doesn't like, like food? That's so, dope. Yeah. Did, did she, did she like promote it through the the restaurant as well? As the cafe? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. So she was helping us a lot. And I feel like she does that. I, I think it's just in her nature too. Like um at her at her cafe, she also has uh someone who sells Filipino clothing. She has another person selling jewelry. So mm. she does a, like a lot of pop-ups and she she's like like almost like a cultural center. Yeah. yeah like yeah. an unofficial cultural <laughs> center for the Philippines. So she's like, I I swear to God, she should like run for office or something. <laughs> she's so good. That's dope. I, I like having a venue that like supports you and like cooks food is like <laughs> that's I know, sick. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the venue like we're at is like uh they're that we like the bartenders are very cool but there's like it's like a hands-off hands-off type thing it's like we get to use the room and we bring people that buy drinks from them yeah, <laughs> and that's, yeah that's the extent of our relationship so it's like that's that's so fucking cool are you still doing that show we're gonna we're planning to bring it back nice. in we're gonna try to do april and set the dates for May and June. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So are, is that one still weekly? No, we're going to do monthly, monthly because weekly is just, it's a grind. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like getting just, <laughs> oh God. It, it, I, it's, as a comedian, it's good to learn like all the things about producing, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh my God, the flyers and the names and the Venmo and the, the, it, it's, it's so much work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you want to have a good show. Yeah. You know? I, I I think like I've been like we're moving wobbly ladder our mic to like monthly because we want it to be special and we want people to come out for yes. it. When it's weekly, like people are like, Oh, I can just go next week, you know. Mm-hmm. But if it's monthly, mm-hmm. it's like you can't miss this month, you know, or it's gonna have, you have to wait thirty days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like weekly you you know, people um yeah. They take it for granted. They really do. And we want to feel wanted, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any uh, regular audience members? Do you have any people who come back? Um, some people, yeah. Some people like who live nearby, mm. um, who just go to the cafe. But a lot of people just hearing it um, through Instagram mm. and through the restaurant. Nice. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's dope, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. It was. It's really amazing. So we're going to continue 
working with um, that cafe, Cabecera. Mm. But then our plan is also to do other pop-up shows at other Filipino venues, businesses, restaurants. Nice. Yeah. That would be dope. Yeah. You can really find a niche and like set up to work with it. Yeah. And it's so it's so fun to talk to an audience that you don't have to give like your background mm, to. Yeah. Um, yeah. That just understands like your culture, your family. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, let's, let's do this. So yeah. That's dope. Uh, <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> so does the, the producing, so you mentioned earlier that you do like Tuesday, Thursday, Friday comedy. Do you, what day was your show on? It was on a Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So you you really like, did you make like special accommodations in your schedule with your family? Be like, okay, I'm doing a show now. This is important. So yeah. I get this day off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it nice. was like, okay, here, mom's gone. That's dope. Mommy's That's great. Gone. I'm going to go pursue my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, honestly, so cool of your husband to be so supportive and flexible with it because you know how demanding this stuff is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super demanding. And also, I'm lucky now too that my kids, they're... 13 and 10 now mm -hmm. so now if i need to leave it's it's fine he right. he works like two blocks away mm -hmm. it's they hopefully won't kill each other but <laughs> they know how to dial 911 now mm, you know like <laughs> nice <laughs> that's a big improvement so as as they get older um yeah, it, mm. it does become more flexible. Nice. <laughs> are you introducing them to stand-up at all? Like, are you making them watch stuff? or? Um, not really. I don't mm. make them watch stuff. But during the pandemic, they, they like, did some of the little, like, films that I was doing at home. Mm. Like, and they were really into it. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would, like, they, like, they... They would pretend not to be into it, but mm. they'd be like, like trying to creep into the camera, like "What are you doing?" kind of thing. <laughs> um, and then eventually, like, I just let them be like, "Okay, here we go." Like, we did a couple um, things in the beginning of the pandemic where I was like being a character, and I was like, "Yeah, just pretend like you're reading, and I'm gonna throw books at you." And they're like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> and then they'd see it and they, again, mm -hmm. like social media, they yeah. can connect to it and be like, wow, mom, mm -hmm. this got like 5,000 views. We're famous. You know? <laughs> so are, are you, are you mostly releasing these on like TikTok or these like Instagram reels or? Yeah. Um, TikTok mostly, um, and Instagram reels, mm. but I, God, this the, uh, TikTok is like, I want it to like me so much. You know, right? It's just like it can go from like having a great video, and mm. then the next one's like two hundred people watching. Like, oh god! They really make you work for it. They want you to post all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're they're just oh my goodness. No, your TikToks are good. Oh, thank you. Should, you. you do a good job. Yours are funny. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like basically like my TikTok recommends me all the comedians who I know from Instagram. And if I know you, I just follow you and yours come up so often. We're just we're so. just moving to another platform, like yeah. running over. We're all chasing like the the Sarah Cooper dream. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it worked for her. Get a special doing one impression. <laughs> or like um Lucas. Lucas, yeah. he's oh my God. That one I like I ran to my husband and he's like Oh, he's really good. I'm like, yeah, he is. He is really good. <laughs> you, like, I get this. There's this like trickle down effect where it's like, if you, 
If you get a chance to roast Lucas, roast Lucas because he'll post the roast. Oh, and people will see it and then they'll be like, "Who is that?" and they follow you. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's like it's it's like I don't know. It's so interesting because like I feel like being a comedian now. This is like the social media is like the new frontier that comedians before didn't have to do. Like comedians yeah. before us were just like, yeah, get good, do clubs, and then eventually get an agent and they'll like hook you up and do stuff. And now it's like, oh no, you have to do everything yourself and you have to be your own marketing team. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You like, in addition to like carrying around all the microphones and speakers and stuff, like <laughs> yeah. we also had to learn how to put captions on things, mm-hmm. how to like film vertically and then add like <laughs> stickers and then like, yep. Oh my god! How many comedians have Adobe licenses? <laughs> <laughs> Max Max Million Max Spinelli does. Yeah, I've got. I've. It's crazy. I'm like, I, I never thought my life would be like. Oh, you know, I want to do comedy. Oh, I want to have a podcast. Oh, what do I need? Uh, six hundred dollars worth of software a year. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you know that to be funny, you have to. Yeah, you have to invest. Uh, you got to be a graphic designer. You got to be film editor. You got to be an audio engineer. Yeah, <laughs> All you gotta, <laughs> yeah. A graphic designer, producer. Oh my god! You have to weight lift too for you have the chair. Oh yep. <laughs> <laughs> you have to dress nice on stage. What the fuck is that? Oh yeah, yeah. People are gonna be looking at you. Oh my god! If you're a woman, you have to like be super like sexy on Instagram. I'm like, whoa. You have to own a pair of Jordans and a bomber jacket. Uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> the comedian staple. <laughs> If you put a pair of Jordans on a bomber jacket and you light a candle, a comedian will appear. It's, everyone knows this. <laughs> I do have Jordans. I do. <laughs> but they're actually, uh, they're from my nephew. <laughs> you stole them? Do you use them? No, he he outgrew them. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and he was just going to like get rid of them. I was like, oh, no, no, no. I will I will take your Jordans. Like, nice um, comedy u- uniform. Yeah. <laughs> secured. <laughs> I honestly, I feel bad. Like, I feel like I dress like a cartoon character because I just like don't buy new clothes often enough. So I'm always just wearing hoodies and track pants. And I'm like, people see me in the same like four things like all the time. <laughs> I'm like, I should step it up. <laughs> I haven't no, no, I haven't noticed. I haven't been like, oh, Perfect. he's wearing the same damn thing again. All the time. <laughs> you know what though? But I, I, I respect the comedians that like have like kind of like a uniform because mm. then they, you, you see them in like a different, in a different, I don't know, like from TikTok to seeing them live. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, I I know what they're wearing. Like, it's like their, yeah. their uniform. Like, I'm trying to get like something that, for a while I was wearing dresses a mm-hmm. lot. And I do, I, I like performing in dresses sometimes. But like, for the most part, for the last year or so, I've just been wearing pants a lot mm-hmm. on stage. And it just becomes like, I feel more powerful. <laughs> In pants. <laughs> I feel very, and then I started like trying to wear jumpsuits. Okay, like those what you know those one, like a, like one piece like romper type things or like yeah or like with pants like work, with pants like a like it looks like a construction worker. Oh, okay, but like cute. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, <laughs> and that one that feels like a uniform. Like that one I when mm. I when I like. When I put the jumpsuit on and I like button up and zip up, I'm like, oh, I kind of feel like I'm going to work. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't feel funny. I feel exploited. <laughs> what is this? 
No, that's I think there's like I don't know. Dressing on stage is like a weird thing. So I think there's there's some comics where I'm like, you have too much drip. <laughs> You're trying too hard for this. <laughs> I don't know. I'm but I'm also like I'm also just like a like I'm weird about fashion because I'm like I feel like it should be natural and I also feel like you should naturally blend into your env- environments when things are too flashy or like too deliberate it like bothers me I don't know yeah no I'm 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 still deciding if I want to be like oh do I want to look like like I'm not trying too hard mm-hmm. just in case I bomb it's just like well you know what I wasn't really trying that hard anyways <laughs> look at what I'm wearing um but then again I also feel like you know, there's people who just get really like all out dress and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, OK, like, you know, you feel like fancy. Yeah. I don't know. I someone told me I should wear, I should try wearing a, a suit on stage. And I was Whoa. like, I can't. Nobody wears like suits, though, anymore. No. And that's the thing is like, it's like, what am I trying to do? Be John Mulaney? No, I don't want to do that. And also, <laughs> I don't want to bomb in a suit because I will bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so sad. (laughs) If I like, if I bomb, I want people to be like, oh, yeah, we we could have guessed that. Yeah. yeah. And then if I do well, they'll be like, whoa, I didn't expect that at all. That's the reaction. (laughs) Dressing down is almost like a safety net. Yeah, yeah. Bombing. (laughs) Be like, oh, yeah, I did badly. Uh, Who cares? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm broke or something. I don't know. (laughs) It's like, you you don't have to pity me. You can just hate me. <laughs> I don't know, but there's something like uh when I go from the the sweatpants to the real pants on stage, I definitely feel more powerful. I definitely feel more like I'm trying for all you guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, is he wearing jeans? Oh my god. Yeah, is that a button? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow, fancy. If I ever bust out the belt, you know you know I'm bringing out all the stops for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think like um as 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 a female comedian too, like you always have to wonder, like for doing Tiny Cupboard, mm-hmm. can't wear a dress. Right. Right to the rooftop. And then like, you're like, okay, but what's the stage going to be like? And sometimes I would bring like a change of clothes and like, you have to like think about all these things. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And then like, there's the hair mm. and the makeup and just, you know, like we have to, I know. Too many factors. I, it's a lot to think <laughs> about. Uh, yeah. I think uh, this is an area where I'm like, you should just be uh you should just be like dude comedians just be like I don't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> if I make you laugh, who gives a fuck, you know? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like uh maybe I should try doing a set with like fake eyelashes on. Let's see. <laughs> I have yet like uh, I yeah, that was one of my goals, like to learn how to put on like cuz it looks so good. It looks so good on video. I swear like <laughs> you look like like a doll. Like it just Maybe you you look like a creepy doll, but you know, yeah, yeah. like it just looks so good. But like to have like things on my face when I'm doing comedy, like yeah. if you could do that, you could do anything, really. Yeah, I mean, I've done that before, and you don't want to wear the fake eyelashes in a windy <laughs> windy spot. <laughs> no, I, I feel like I've definitely seen a female comic with fake lashes like do an outdoor show, and just the hair gets st- <laughs> stuck in. <laughs> But I don't have like I don't think I've had like usually like the only time I regret what I'm wearing is if I've matched poorly that day with like winter layers. Then I go up on stage and I'm monochrome. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Am I wearing all gray? Seriously? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or um, sometimes I've worn like all black, mm-hmm. and then I've set up the video camera so far that like 
it doesn't even look like I have hair. Like, it, you just see, like, a face. Just a face. Just, <laughs> oh, God. Like, okay. I think it's, like, like you got to – I think the only strategy then would be just be, like, like contrast with the background, you know? Yeah. Like, there's literally, like, on my door, that's where I hang all my jackets and stuff. And the reason I had you close the door is because it'll help you contrast against the background for the oh. video. So then you're more there. Because, like, people <laughs> – if I have the jackets up and someone with, like, dark hair comes on, it's just, like – can't see yeah yeah Yeah, just their face one time i i did a show at a bar there wasn't any stage um and uh my brother-in-law came he my my sister-in-law's husband Mm -hmm. he's very very tall Mm -hmm. and he was sitting down i set my camera back and stay back at the back of the room and i filmed the home set it was a great set when i went to watch the set you couldn't even see me like the whole time (laughs) the guy is six six and sitting down you just see like these little arms coming out <laughs> of the side of his head, and it's just like, oh my god! Like, okay, next time I just have to be, yeah, just gotta. Can I be taller? Maybe I can wear heels. Maybe but that was. Oh god, that could be your thing—the comedian that wears like nine-inch heels or something <laughs> to always be on camera, <laughs> like kiss. Those kiss shoes. Oh, yes. Big platform shoes. Yeah. That'd be dope. Yeah. I'll have to bring those. Oh, my God. I feel like uh, I'm the... Because I'm, like, almost 6'2". I'm, like... I feel bad because when I put the mic in the mic stand at a height that's natural for me, especially when I'm hosting, most comedians are not as tall as me. So most comedians have to go... <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> yeah. But that's all, like... It, it's... That's... That comes with like the muscle memory too, yeah. though, right? Like when you get up on stage, like I know the mic stand is always going to be tall for me because mm-hmm. I'm four eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've had to learn how to um host a mic without taking the mic out of the mic stand every single time. Mm. Um, so I just like literally, I just pull it down to my level, mm. the whole mic stand, and then I pop it back up because I don't, I can't, I don't have time to like. If you're hosting, oh. bring it all the way down to 411, and mm. here comes da 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 da, okay. and then raise the whole thing back up. So I just like, mm. I pretend like I'm a rock star and pull it down. That's good. I, I use that. I use that when I do shows. Like when a when a comic gets off the stage and people are clapping them out, I I only I pull it down for like give it up for them one more time, and then when I do a riff or something, I pull it out because it just you gotta go quick. I don't know, but I only adjust it for me. I would never accommodate anyone with my mic stand adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sorry, it's part of comedy. You go up there, you got to make it your height. That's the rules. Yeah, <laughs> yeah one, once in a while I'll get a host and I'm just like so amazed because like once in a while they'll put it all the way down and I'm just like, wow, that was really, that was so nice. Like that was so thoughtful. I'll keep that in mind for your next time you do two versions. I'll be like, give it for Patricia and I'll just turn the thing and let it go. Let it go all the way down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we're kind of down to our, like a last like 10 minutes here. I don't want to ask you this. If you could tell yourself back when you started comedy, something that you know now, what would you tell yourself? Oh my gosh. Um I would just like just there are going to be some really really bad shows where you will want to quit and just don't quit. You know, like I feel like when we first get into comedy, like we only see the end line. Like we only mm. see the Ali Wong who's got like the Netflix specials. Mm. We don't see like the people who are like going to the open mics and having like bad show after bad show. Um yeah, so I would just say, hey, it's it's 
it's never going to be bad enough to quit. If yeah. you really love it, just keep going. Mm-hmm. Just brush it off and and yeah. Yeah. I also think like what I've been thinking about also is like other people only actually see your highlight reel like in of your life. You know, you have yeah. to live your life every day, but other people when they see you on stage and you do even pretty well, they're just happy to see you and like, nice, you're doing great, aren't yeah. you? So it's not yeah. worth sweating about. Yeah. And also you're just um when you're when you're improving, just you're just competing against yourself. Yeah. Like the comparison, only compare to use it for inspiration. Mm-hmm. Cause that that really helps me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, just being like grateful for what I have, but also like uh just just um seeing other success as your path helping like helping your own path right being laid out for you mm. yeah 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 that's good i like i always thought uh don't compare yourself to others which is good but i never thought use it as inspiration like that's like the next step that i think is like that's like a really good idea yeah it's a lot of self-help <laughs> a lot of self-help reading is the one that a lot of self-help <laughs> that's books. not mine yeah that's, that's <laughs> jensen Sarno's like do you have a oh, top well. three self-help book lists for the listeners <sighs> Oh, uh, yeah, it's definitely You Are a Badass. Um, then there's a creative guided meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just uh, that helps me visualize and and uh, be well. And the third one, no, I'm still looking for my, my self-help unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> I need another one. Collecting them just like horses, just like <laughs> the unicorns. <laughs> I never <laughs> I need a book with braided a braided mane. Oh my god! Wow, like making all my dreams come true. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think uh, comedians sleep on self help stuff generally. Like every comedian jokes about like being in therapy, right? But how many comedians are like, what if I just read business strategies? <laughs> I feel like instead of therapy, we should all take like a marketing course. Oh my god, that would be very helpful too. <laughs> Marketing, business, and graphic design. Graphic design for sure. Oh god, <laughs> no more terrible flyers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, with Canva out there, there's there's no more excuses, guys. There's no a, more. I was doing our two virgins flyers for a while, and I liked them. They were fun. Then our friend uh, offered to revamp our look, and he's an actual graphic designer. So much better. <laughs> so much better. I didn't know how bad I was doing until I saw his like his pitch of like, here's my ideas, pick what you like. I was like, oh my God, this is wow. this is serious. Yeah, that's so nice. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Uh we're hoping it impacts attendance. No, no results yet, no data points yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's important to like uh be able to read the flyer. I've like <laughs> Like have a font people can read. Oh yeah, the, and the address and mm. the time of the show. Like so, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot to change the date on that flyer. Like, oh my god, like, <laughs> Lord help me. Have you? There's a group called the uh, Bad Comedy Flyers on Facebook. Oh, no. <laughs> Someone posted one of my first two virgins flyers in there, <laughs> which is fine because it it's supposed to be a joke. It's supposed to be satire, but. Some of the flyers you see in there, you're like, oh, yeah, this is this is bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. Or like the flyers with like the the comedians pictures, obviously, from like the 80s. And you're like, dude, you need to like just take like take a selfie, take a new photo because it'll be like, you know, like 80s. Like, hey, yeah. what's up? 
Someone recently, Lee was on a show, and the picture they used for the flyer is they found a picture of her taking a bite of a sandwich instead of, like, <laughs> one of the ones she, like, sent in. And I was like, this is fucked up. You're, she's the only one like that on the flyer. There's, You're, like, 20 oh comics. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Lord. I love Lee. I love, like, what I, I fell in love with her when we were at the back of your show. Mm-hmm. And she was just, like... She went into her backpack and got out some like cherry tomatoes and just started eating yep. cherry tomatoes <laughs> in the back of a bar out of the kitchen. And I was like, this is my people. Yeah. I like her. I like her a lot. She's the best. And like the cherry tomatoes as a snack is genius. It it's is. So good. It, it, it is really good. Healthy and unapologetically healthy in a bar. Oh yeah. I love it. And she's like it it's, it always cracks me up cuz she she's like such a food sharer too that like if she's in the back and she has food she'll like go to everyone. Yeah, she she'll was like, offering to me yeah. to everybody. Like hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's the best. Uh so Patricia, this has been amazing. You've been an awesome guest. Where can people find you? Um you can find me on Instagram mm-hmm. at Patricia Ding Lawson Comedy. Um, or look at my website, www.patriciadinklawson.com. Nice. What's your TikTok so people can follow you? Uh, oh, it's, <laughs> I guess it, it's Patricia Dinglawson Ha Ha. Cool. Yeah, okay. because comedy wouldn't fit. It was too long. Dope. Awesome. Guys, uh, all the links will be down in the, the episode description. So go uh, follow her, check her out, and um, su- subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. Um, <laughs> anyway, Patricia. You've been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this was dope. Uh, Guys, this has been another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.